That was literally verbal diarrhea. I'm setting the bar awfully low. Titus O'Neil keeps running directly into that bar. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. You make me very angry. The man who has a better IQ than you, the awe-inspiring JC. You should go work for WWE because you'd be so up far up Vince's No, butt. no, no, no. Oh, you are no, such no, a no, sucker. No, no, no. You are. You defend everything, all the bad moves they make. This is the Chopper Knocker What's up, jobbers, and welcome to the latest edition of the Jobber Knocker Podcast. It's always Nestle Mini alongside for the ride is a man that always takes adult gymnastics classes, JC. You know why I take those classes, Nestle Mania? To get ready for War Games! So we have that on the docket as well later on in the program. We have War Games, that's right, Survivor Series from Chicago, Illinois, the home of the Bulls. The home of the Cubs, the home Mustafa of AJ Ali. Lee, Guy Blue, <laughs> Larry the Dog, <laughs> Ace Steel, Cult Cabana, a lot of amazing people. Anyway, getting into this podcast, we have a lot to talk about. We have like the aforementioned Survivor Series later in the program. We had full gear this past weekend on Saturday, I believe. And we also have our normal turmoil of wrestling that we have to get through here. So, JC, where would you like to begin this journey? Well, WrestleMania, as you know, it is Turkey Week here in the States, Thanksgiving. And that means Friday is Black Friday. And that means you should go over to tpublic.com slash jobberknocker and uh, pick out some merch. Look at this. My order came today. My four shirts right here. I am wearing the JC's Meat Match of the Week shirt. And you can customize in colors. I really like how the meat looks on the blue. I thought about eating some raw meat as I sat here doing this promo. But you know what you need in the morning, WrestleMania? You need a cup of the jobber knocker with a little bit of Dunkin' Donuts design here. Got that one. Looks great in the brown. Uh, we also, you know, sometimes feels like you've been around and things just always seem to come full circle. Also like the blue here. I really like the blue. I think the blue pops. Uh, so we got that there. And then, of course, sometimes you just got to go here with one of the classics, a classic logo here. JK. I did this with like the charcoal because you know what? Why not? But Nestlemania, I thought about, you know, ripping off my shirt each time and let you guys see my nipples as I change. But I don't want to increase the female presence on this podcast in terms of viewers. We like to keep it male dominated. So <laughs> I'm going to keep my shirt on. So yeah, but tpublic.com slash Jabberknocker. I believe there'll be $15 tees on Black Friday. They probably have a sale going right now, but you can get anything you want. You can get gifts, you can get mugs, anything you want for the holiday season for you, your loved ones, or hell, maybe someone you don't even know and you want to swag them out. So tpublic.com slash Jabberknocker. Go there and get your shit today. I don't even know what to say because that was outstanding. That was outstanding. I did not plan on going that long. That was not rehearsed. I just told you like, hey, we should probably plug the t-shirts off the top. That was, that. you know, I've seen QVC. Now it's like we need JVC. You know what I mean? Like you're just doing your thing, man. It's unbelievable. A uh, serious question from our, our shit front over here. Serious question. What's a better chance of returning CM Punk or Nestle's hairline? <laughs> wow. Considering your hairline starts at the back of your neck, I don't know. So I would just say that. 
I would say CM Punk is nowhere near the Survivor Series, nowhere near WWE. So there you go. Well, you might have just Nestle Carson. I also have that T-shirt, but I'm not going to go up and get it. Also available on tpublic.com slash job. Right. Now that you got the fucking shills out of the way. Hey, you, you like know, TJ to... tells us to sling the merch. You got to sling the merch, you know? You got to sling that meat, baby. Yeah, you got to sling the meat like it's a pretzel crust pizza, baby. But WrestleMania, we normally start in the shine. But before we get into the shine, sometimes you have to rip it into full gear because there was a pay-per-view in AEW on Sunday. And um, I did have – okay, there it is. Uh, we have, we're going to start a pre-show, which we Ooh. normally don't do. But WrestleMania, MJF was supposed to depend, defend the Ring of Honor bullshit titles with Samoa Joe. And they did just that against the guns, but uh, MJF took a beating after and was taken out to the hospital. Yeah, look, so I saw this and I thought, okay, this is an interesting way to get everybody excited or, you know, the last full press to get the pay-per-view or anything like that. But we'll discuss more as we get to the main event, my true feelings about the entire thing. All right. I, that's a little tease there from WrestleMania as we run down the full gear card. Uh, Edge and friends pick up the win against the patriarchy after Christian runs away. I actually loved part of this match. Christian Cage just doing everything that we've always wished, giving the low blow to uh, Ric Flair made me very happy. Uh, Darby is an insane human being who takes that choke slam. Sting jumps over Ric Flair, and I'm like, yeah, I've seen that before. But it's still like, it's just seeing the way they presented Sting after the win was like very classy. I thought that was very, like, we, we gave a lot of shit to Tony uh, Khan on this program. But I will say, he is a classy dude when it comes to not doing things, you know, like the WWE had, you know, it's more of a Vince thing than anybody else, but they've kind of paraded people out and, and made jokes of them. But Tony does a very good job of making people look good. So I will just say that much. I agree. And moving on, we head to the international waters where there was a championship defended in a rematch. Orange Cassidy defeats definitively John Moxley. Hashtag JC knows. Hashtag Nestle doesn't, uh, you know, solid match. Nestle doesn't know anything, right? Is that Nestle what we doesn't know. No. Nestle, Nestle doesn't, doesn't know. Oh, now he's gone. What happened? He's gone. That's upsetting. Well, maybe he'll come back. I have no idea. He probably knocked himself out. Anywho, um, he's loading. What happened? What happened? Look, I tell him he doesn't know and he kicks me <laughs> off the show. Can you believe this shit? Did you knock yourself off by accident? Um, I may have with my mouse clicked on uh, me out. my credit. I may have clicked on a shortcut and on just took me away. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Anywho, I don't know what the hell we we're talking about. So listen, I was surprised that, that Orange Cassidy had won. I was not thinking that was going to be the case because I feel like John Moxley needs to be doing something. Although if Sammy Callahan is on the, uh, the horizon for AEW, that I feel like the, those tag titles are coming home with Mox and uh sammy very soon so maybe that's why he didn't win i just fell asleep uh moving on we have the first of the i believe two title changes on the show tony storm wins back the AEW women's championship and poor hikaru shida has been a transition champion twice for about three weeks this year so here's my thing and uh, you know I don't necessarily hate that Tony Storm won the championship. I think she's the hottest thing they got going on. The characters just out out of this world. Three, it's like it's like it's like the 2023 version of Gold Dust. It's just it's just so interesting, right? Like it's just it, it you don't see this. They have the fucking you know the the entrance, the fucking cutaway to her fucking hip attack when she goes at the end in the black and white. Everything she talks about is wonderful. However. 
there was one glaring thing that really fucking bothered me about this entire goddamn thing, and that was the fucking ashtray, or should we say ashtray, that was stuck to her. And all I could think of was, how the fuck does Aubrey not fucking see this shit? How does she? It's, Aubrey, it's, it sucks. It's like she's the worst in wrestling. It's the worst. It takes me directly out of the fucking match when a referee's job is to fucking see everything. And it's not like you can say that you just didn't see it. It was like the fucking side of her entire cheek was silver. You could not not see it. And so it just bothered the fuck out of me. When she won, I went, I'm more mad at the ref than anything else. Like, I should be jumping up and down in joy and getting excited to see, you know, like Tony Storm do awesome things. And I'm just sitting there going, Why the, what the fuck is the referee's goddamn problem? It just, I can just, play... I can play devil's advocate here. Maybe she was just being polite and didn't want to blatantly stare at her big ass. Well, that is hair thin logic, much like my hairline, right, Doc? There it is. Okay, moving on. I just think it's bullshit and stupid. And the referees sometimes on AEW, fucking, they make me want to pull my uh, hair. Aubrey's up. the worst because she makes it too much about herself. I am often upset when she uh, referees matches. But next up, we have a, a ladder match, Fatal Four Way. Uh, but Ricky Starks and Big Bill retain the tag titles. Upset that they won. Uh, the retaining anyway. I I thought the th other three teams in this matchup, especially House of Black, looked fucking incredible. I thought yep. they did a great job. I love Malachi in general. He's one of my guys. But Brody King, man, fucking, he just he is an he is an he is a monster. He's an there were some meat, there were some meaty moments in this match. This wasn't the meat match of the week, but there were some meaty moments between Big uh, Big William and uh, Mister King. I just I just thought it was like. It was such a car wreck. It was fun. But as I'm watching this, I felt like I'm not invested in this matchup at all. Like, yeah, it was just it, fun. It was a ladder match. Yeah. It was, it's, I'm not really, I'm a huge Ricky Starks guy, but I'm not really invested in him in a tag team. But I mean, this it's, I was just kind of thinking, we kind of talked about this before because there were two title changes on this. We're going to get to the other one in a minute, but it's funny because AEW pushes so much that they're more pro wrestling than sports entertainment. If you want to draw those lines, but I was literally just thinking in my head as we, and I, we kind of talked through it. So we look at their champions, MJF, their like quintessential sports entertainment uh, guy is their main champion. Christian cage is the TNT champion because of his paternity character, orange Cassidy, obviously an incredible wrestler, but larger than life character. The tag team champions aren't, a real tag team it's that ricky starks is so charismatic he's carrying it then they put one title on tony storm one of the two most fleshed out characters in AEW's women's division the other one brings us to the next match the tbs championship hashtag jc knows hashtag i tried to tell you nestlemania the house always wins and i'll tell you why malachi and brody didn't win the tag titles because they don't come out to the same song Julia does, where it literally tells you the house always wins. They come out to that fucking Kings of the whatever throne that Joe always tells me is their name. But yeah, Julia Hart wins in a triple threat uh, against Sky Blue and Chris Statlander. New TBS champion. I believe she's like the youngest woman's or youngest champion in AW history or something. So, I mean, and again, that's her start. one loss in the whole year and they pushed her hard and I think she's risen to the occasion. So I was very happy with the two title changes personally, but. So I, I think, you know, it's a big applause for, you know, uh, Julia to win. Uh, it seems like to me, I'm more interested in terms of a character of what's happening with Sky Blue. I feel like Statlander, although an incredible athlete, an incredible kind of specimen to herself, definitely feels like she was lacking something. I did pop for the the uh, the dodgeball outfit. I thought that was fucking incredible. 
Um, and she's always got a near and dear spot in my heart because she's just fucking she's a stud. But they did once she beat Jade, it was like, what else you got? And I never felt yeah. like there was anything else. And that, that's not a, that's not a detriment to her. It was a detriment to the creative and, and that they didn't give her anything. And she did the best she could. Um, but I, it was to me, it was Sky Blue and Julia the whole time I was watching. And I'm almost more interested in Sky Blue. And when Julia spoke at the presser afterwards, I went, well, that's what she talks like normally. It's very odd. It doesn't you matter. You remember her in like the cheerleading gimmick with no, the and fucking cob squad? One of them's no, in NXT now? No, I know. It's just it's bizarre to hear her talk. And like when she was like, oh, I hated that cheerleader gimmick. And, I, you know, like all this shit. And like now people don't tell me I suck. So it's like. It's geez. literally like her, her career has been parallel to Alexa Bliss so far. Like oh, just, yeah. someone who came in young was given a like little girly shitty cheerleader gimmick and turns into this like darker character, becomes a champion before a lot of her peers and people thought would be ahead of her. It's crazy how parallel their careers have been. But I do want to touch on the sky blue thing because I'm very, I am interested, but it's weird to me that like they're kind of giving her like a very similar gimmick to Julia but she's not with Julia. I thought maybe this match, it would kind of align them, but she came out with like the Julia look, but like in her own way and like does the whole thing with the dark makeup and everything. But it's just like, she's still like not there. So I'm curious what they do with it, but I'm worried. Like a lot of times what happens is AEW is they start something good and then they kind of put it on the shelf and it just kind of dissipates. So I am a little weary, but I am, I did, I did like the new entrance. I thought it was cool. The other thing I was thinking about was based on her Hey EW um, interview, I kept thinking to myself, oh, maybe just maybe she uh, she comes like a pyromaniac or something. Because she said she actually was a pyromaniac when she was younger. And I was like, okay, well, like art imitates life. That's fine. I can get behind that. Light somebody on fire. You know what I mean? Let's do it. But I just – maybe it's because I've been watching Sky Blue more than I have that uh, Julia and I feel like Julia is doing a great job character wise, but I feel like sky blue has way more momentum over a longer period of time that they didn't do anything with it, but she's always on my TV versus Julia has been kind of like sneak, you know, like sneakily building all these wins and these impressive things she's been doing. And then just boom, there she is. So it's bizarre, but I, I, I am interested to see what happens. They don't have a women's tag division. Thank Christ or a women's six woman Tag title that would fucking. I could AEW without a women's tag division, but it just it's. They don't have a good enough division to have. That I mean, they they, tags, they, but. they 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 would do Anna and Tay. They would do Britt and Jamie. They would have Paige or Saraya and Ruby. They have um. They could do like a Sky and Julia. They would they would all, all, I think be able to cobble more fucking tag teams together than WWE <laughs> could. But That's fair. we'll get we'll get to we'll get to Monday eventually. But but yeah, no, I mean, I I was happy. I've been a big fan of what Julia Hart's been doing. The House of Black. In general i think they've gotten a little revitalization i didn't get my entire hope but i got the main part um and julius deserving is cool to see we move on nestlemania to you know bruv we know who the big AEW signing was it is will osprey but he told us not to get mad let him finish first before he gets up here we always like to let a man finish you know before we drag him out so <laughs> i just loved watching him in the 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 presser afterwards where he hugged tony and i was like he was like you literally changed my life. And I was like, you know what? Like you hear what that guy has to go through, like whether it's Japan or he fucking lives in England and like, you know, he's got a small family and just like this whole thing. And you're just like, and he even said, he's like, I'm the most irresponsible human being on this world, but this family makes me want to be a responsible human being. And you're just like, you just want to see this guy do well. Like I didn't like him like two, three years ago. I was just like, what an overhyped guy. 
But as you get to know this person and then you see his character, you can't help but feel like not only is he incredible in the ring, but you're just like, God damn, this guy is just so fucking likable. So you can't help but cheer for him. Yeah, I've uh, I've been like uh, for about a year a lifelong choo-choo Will Ospreay fan. So uh, yeah. we're going to ride that train. Next up, WrestleMania was what a lot of people said was the match of the night. Swerve out last Hayman in an absolutely brutal match. We had fucking finger paintings getting stapled to people's faces. Uh, just like they're all sorts of regular barbed wire bullshit. Look, it, you know how I feel about their mat- these matches. They're not my favorite. It's not my cup of tea. They make me a little uncomfortable, a little queasy. But I will say, Nestlemania, of all the ones that I've seen, I did like this one. Okay. like Because it just, this one felt like it deserved a match like this. And as disgusting as watching fucking Hainman staple finger paintings on a swerve's body, I was like, this literally fits the storyline. It brings things full circuit. It just, it's very fleshed out. This rivalry has been fleshed out. Everything they do makes sense. It just, like, I believe it. And for those reasons, like, I can tolerate it and put my, with my fucking pussy little stomach, I can handle watching it. And I thought these two put on a spectacle. Again, these aren't my favorite matches, but in terms of these types of matches, this is by far probably the only one that I was able to sit through and be like, okay, I don't want to go vomit right now. So I was talking to our buddy Dom, Dommy Feds, the uh, the best in the business, this guy. And we had a long conversation. And I'm, I want to pose these things to you. I have a couple of things in mind, but I want to ask you, is it is it the greatest death match you've ever seen that you can tolerate? Or is this just a hepatitis B fucking or hepatitis C fucking bloodbath? Like to a point where you're like, this is too much. And you kind of answered it. But like in my head, I'm thinking like. It's great. There's part of me that was like, this is fucking incredible. And then the one thing at the end that really fucking bothered me was like, I felt like they made, there were two things, right? They made it look like Hangman was a wuss at the end. Yeah. Like they almost, they to me, this is my interpretation and Dom kind of agreed with me, is that they made Hangman look like a wuss at the end because it almost made it look like Swerve was like on another planet. You know what I mean? It just made him look like less than. And then on top of that, Brian Cage comes out and he loses. And I know like Hangman can't lose cleanly kind of stuff. And they're going to like, it just bothered me in that aspect of it because I felt like Swerve didn't need Brian Cage to win him. In my opinion, he didn't need it. I think Swerve was on his trajectory to do, be able to do it alone. I would argue that this gave me that sim- that feeling that you just like described. I had this feeling after the first match and all throughout this feud, like as good as a, like a rivalry quote unquote has been. It's kind of like those one-sided rivalries like Red Sox and Yankees was forever with one person just spanking the fuck out of the other person. Like, yeah, it's a great rivalry, but it's a weird one because it's just one dominate. And I feel like this entire feud has been about elevating Swerve. Like, Hanman's the guy who was Swerve, who people wanted to succeed. And he failed a million times before he finally reached the mountaintop and we had that great moment with him. But now it's just like, he's been there, done that, and Swerve is literally going to vault himself to that level of the devil through by going through Hayman. And we kind of both, I think we both like, I talked myself into taking Hayman in the predictions because it was a Texas death match. But I mean, I should have gone with my original gut because this whole thing has been about swerve from day one in this feud. And it continues to be about swerve here in day, whatever. But yeah, no, I agree. They, they definitely, they took Hayman and castrated him in front of the entire AEW world. Uh, but it's just like, it's all about Swerve, man. They are building him 
to be the next something. We'll see what it is. But uh, that no man is getting better treatment in that company right now than Swerve. So my other question to you is, is like there can't be a third match, right? Because there's no fucking point because he won two. It's weird because you would think next up for Swerve would be to finally challenging for a title, but MJF already has a laundry list of people. I don't oh, know. Th- if I, Swerve- think, I think it's going to be international championship. It's just, uh, it, uh, I mean, that we've done, we've been there and done that. Cassidy beat him once. Maybe they go back to it, but yeah, no, I don't. It's weird because after what you do to a man, like you did to Hayden how can Hayden after he just got castrated in front right. of us, you know what I mean? So it'll be interesting to how they handle this on Wednesday and going forward, but, but yeah, too well in dominating fashion. It's kind of hard to sell us on that third. And I just my my thing is is like I thought Hangman looked incredible at the beginning of this match. And and me and Dom talked about it was like it's almost like they should have swapped the beginning and put it at the end where Hangman got his fucking shit in and then something happened. But it was weird because it felt like once Swerve started stapling himself, you're like, okay, he's superhuman. But the, it like it just felt like there were parts that were discon- like discombobulated and disjointed in terms of the storytelling aspect of it. And, it, and when I saw Brian Cage, I was like, wow, like he didn't need that. He didn't need like it was nice to see Nana go through a table. I get it. But I just, I just felt like there's so many people in AEW that know what they're doing. And this is still an all timer, I think, in terms. But it bothered me just so much where I felt like. This could have been a match like you know when I you and I joke a lot about Masato Tanaka and and Mike Awesome right like that we don't joke that is my favorite match of all time that that match from ECW One Night Stand is one of my favorite things of all time that still beats this match I don't give a fuck like it that Masato Tanaka will always fucking be better than fucking all of the everybody but this this match is close but it's also like it, it bothers me like there's 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 a flaw in this matchup so it, it does bother me. Yeah, I I think if I could like buy into this being the best part of the card, um, for sure. Next up, we have something that I don't give a shit about. Golden Jets win, Bucks throw a tantrum, blah blah blah. I was right. Boom. Yeah, literally, don't care. It's the worst storyline ever. Golden Jets versus Ricky and Big Bill. <sighs> Put me to sleep. Then we have the main event, WrestleMania, where Adam Cole had agreed to take MJF's place. Adam Cole on crutches would have had no chance. This would have been a thing, but of course, as we all knew was going to happen, out comes the ambulance. MJF getting the ultimate fucking babyface kiss of death coming into the arena and then making Jay White look like a big fucking chump because the guy who can barely move wrestled with him for 20, 30, whatever, however many minutes and beat him and retains his AEW World Championship. Talk about a castration for Jay White. Am I right? Oh, yeah. Like, that one to me is like, how does he even, like, I know Juice is out for a while. The gun's lost. And now it's like, they the, all four of them just need to go away for a while, I think. Like, they, not they on my can't do, Jay White's too important to collision. So, they, he's going to have to be there. But, Man. I mean, buddy, he ain't sniffing the world title anytime soon. That when I watched that, I went like he literally couldn't beat a man, a one-legged man in an ass-kicking contest. And like what and like you you can talk about all the other things, but the one there's two things that fucking like really drove me home about what fucking bothered me about this entire thing was they made it at a point at the pregame to fucking have this angle, and then like, will you buy the pay-per-view? Which I appreciate, like they're trying something. But when I saw that, it just made me feel like I was watching an episode of television and not a device that you use on a pay-per-view. Like, we've seen this device used so many times on Raw, SmackDown, or other places. This was WWE booking to a T. 
Right. And it just felt like it was misplaced putting it on a pay-per-view. You put it on an amp, you put it on like a dynamite, a collision, I'll buy it. But for you to put it on a pay-per-view to me, that didn't work for me. It just made me go, I know what the fucking outcome is going to be now. Like I, I know, I, I get it's intrigue and whatever, but like no way was Adam Cole going to fucking re- like, and that's the other thing that really bothered me. Right? Like, so you're going to tell me that you're going to allow somebody who's not medically cleared. No, I know it's just suspension of disbelief here, but let's just go. No, but it is, it's a, it's a blatant flaw. It's a blatant flaw in that you want to have somebody that is not cleared to wrestle in a match to protect his best friend only to have a man who was put in an ambulance to come back and and he's okay to be cleared, even though he's not technically cleared, wrestles 20 minutes and then fucking beats the guy who's been the fucking guy everywhere else. I was just sitting there going, this has to be the just storytelling wise, the dumbest thing I've seen in a long fucking time. And to add to this is the part that slips up and I'll, I'll give it, I'll give credit to MJF. I'm sure he was actually hurting off that elbow drop where he landed on his hip instead of the fucking table. And that's a whole other kettle of fish. But if you go back into the scrum and you listen to him talk, he was talking about how, you know, like he hijacked the ambulance quote unquote and, you know, committed a felony and the whatever. And like, obviously he's a wink and a nod or whatever. But then as he's talking in the scrum, he then proceeds to say, you know, as I'm watching the monitor and watching hangman and swerve and I'm like, can't you just fucking keep kayfabe? I know like that. Two minutes? I saw that too. That was another fuck. I'm like, I'm like, bro, you were supposed to be at the hospital. Yeah. You were watching, yeah. But that's like, that's I the know. thing. And like, look, at, I think as the pressers aren't meant. I don't know. No, for, for the most part, but he, continue. but he's kayfabe through and through. He usually, yeah, that's right. That's, that's, for the most that's, part, he's someone who stays in character. But I will say, since his little baby face thing has started, it's been a lot more wink and nod bullshit like that uh, with him. But again, it's just that's that's something with the pressers. I won't fault it as much. But yeah, no, it just it, it made me laugh a little too. Okay, I'm I'm done talking about this stuff. So let's just move on. What do you think of Full Gear as a whole? There were some great moments, absolutely yeah. fantastic moments. But I won't remember ninety percent of this pay per view. What about you? I mean, I I thought it was fine. It was definitely. I'm glad that I didn't pay for it. Sorry, Tony. Uh, but it. Uh, I mean, there were there were. Like you said, there were moments there. I won't forget that death match. This MJF angle will also be hard to forget, but but yeah, the rest of it was pretty uh, standard. But Nestlemania, no, it's not standard. The shine, baby. Much like Mandy Rose, always in the shine. We're getting into our regular part of the program as we prepare for war games. And you know who's prepared for war games in WrestleMania? Drew fucking McIntyre, man. I love this fucking whiny badass. He is such a stud. He goes out there and gives us a promo telling exactly why. I fucking hate Jay Uso. I hate them for doing this. I am not a part of the Judgment Day, but we are aligned because I want to get locked in a cage with Jay Uso, and I want to end him. Love it. Because it makes sense, it works, and finally, we have somebody who has been fucked by the bloodline just completely turn in this direction, and Drew has been perfect for it, and he's hitting it out of the park. That was a hell of a promo, for sure. And then the rest of it was just cascaded uh, with so much, just so much bullshit. There was a lot. Between literally that promo and the end of the night, I was just like, you want to talk about fucking fatigue, folks. Like yeah. there was too much, but the the one thing that like kind of drove me insane. And again, this is, this is me being me. So it's fine. I'm probably wrong, but again, and I'm sure JC will tell me why I'm wrong, yes, but I will. go ahead. Here's my thing. He was like, the, what Rhea Ripley offered me with no one else could. I can get Jay in a cage. 
And then they proceed to put fucking McIntyre and Jay in the main event in a regular match. And I was just like, what? What? Yeah, that didn't make sense. I was like, what? What? There's no way that you can talk me into that making sense. There's no way you can talk to me and saying like, oh, it was a good idea. McIntyre going out there and proving himself perfectly makes sense. But they already touched. So what's the point of having them in a cage? Like, as you've told me before, right? Like, don't let them touch. Just don't let them fucking touch until you get in the cage. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and that's, that's, that was screaming to me, like, what am I watching? I thought you were going to be upset about something else, but no, I agree with this. Because it is. It's weird. You can't say that and then those two be the representatives. It should have been Priest as the representative. Yes. Or if you want to have McIntyre wrestle, have him fucking beat someone else. You know, right. but they can cheat if you don't want to pin Cody Sammy or, or somebody. You know, like, Well, yeah, they could have just threw Sammy out there. Like a fucking matter. L. Yeah, like he always does uh, for them. But uh, but yeah, no, I, I thought you were going to be more mad at what happened at the end of the show. Because look, it, we knew they couldn't let this linger till Saturday because they, like we mentioned off the top, they're in Chicago. And people are going to be chanting for all the Chicago wrestlers like Mustafa Ali, Sky Blue, AJ Lee, Cole Cabana. Oh, yeah, that guy CM Punk. So they had to announce the fifth member. Clearly, he was never planned to be on this show. But I will say the way Cody – man, fucking Cody gets me fired up for everything. Him fucking dropping fucking lame double entendres. And I didn't care. Me and the crowd were fucking eating it up. We're like, oh, you guys aren't prey? Oh, that's because you got the Apex Predator. Oh, my God. Oh, you were in a legacy? Oh, my God. It's so corny. But for some reason with him, it just works. So I didn't like – look, it. if they couldn't have Randy Orton do uh, be there, which they clearly couldn't, I think this was the best way to do it. But – Ah, uh, yeah, they have they avoided the CM Punk pitfall at least for this part uh, at at War Games, which they had to do. They didn't have a choice on this one. It felt like as I was watching, like, oh shit, the copyright's coming up. Randy's definitely not there, and it was just like, get to the get to the end, get to the end, and it was just like a weird thing where it was like, it was just like fast forwarding. It was it was very odd. It was just like to me that wasn't the way it was probably drawn up, but it was just executed poorly or just bizarre. I don't know. But again, Randy Orton coming back. I did like when Jay had this fucking look on his face, like, oh, yes, fuck. ah, fuck, always you know? fucking working that yeah. that Jay Uso man, stud, just like he understands it better than most, right? Like, like, and I, I would go as as far as to say, like, that is going to be the whole point of War Games, right? Like, this is the first time where I've actually watched War Games and thought to myself, both teams have a fucking problem with each other, <laughs> like mm -hmm. internally, which never ne never happens. It's always like we all have a problem with this faction. We're gonna group together and try to win you know and but that's usually the fucking comeuppance right for the baby faces this time it's like fuck jay uso is fucked <laughs> regardless of what happens so i'm interested in seeing that i mean i i i think the war games are a little, a little long in the tooth for me but uh we'll, we'll see once the actual match beyond begins in the fucking 45 minutes leading up to it we'll see what happens oh yeah no for sure i definitely Agree, the beginning of those matches are still starting for me. More on this in my hope later on. There's a little tease, but Nestlemania, we are going to carry on, uh, in the words of Big Perk here in The Shine. And uh, I would like to hear what else you liked this week. Well, there was something that I didn't think was going to be on my radar. I started on Twitter on Friday, and I went, well, this is interesting. Dragon Lee versus Axiom. Now, I'm not Ooh. a big fan of Axiom. His gimmick sucks. God damn it. The math may not add up, folks, but <laughs> God damn it, does his wrestling add up. And God damn, was that fun. I just, I, I was sitting there thinking to myself, holy shit. Like, I know Dragon Lee is going to be a fucking good, good time, right? But then, like, if Axiom doesn't talk and sound like fucking just, you know, muttering under his goddamn mask and just let him wrestle, I was sitting there going, 
Jesus Christ, let them wrestle for 45 minutes. Just, just do it. Just, and then like, just going back and forth and flying and doing all those things. Like, that's what I love. I, I love that stuff. Like showcasing people is great. Like showcasing people is wonderful. And that's, that's, that was just, just so much of a breath of fresh air. And like you said last week, all these important people are gone interject mm-hmm. the people and it works right it's it's filling up time but i don't mind it yeah no i agree that that match definitely stood out i feel the same way about axiom in terms of a wrestler i would give him an a even though he's just a kid uh but uh <laughs> the gimmick i would give a fucking complete f uh for sure but nestlemania there was some like again more of like the thing this was more on raw but we're just continuing like that's something you're developing a mid card in the men's division on SmackDown. They're continuing to develop the women's division on raw. And we're going to start off with the JC's meat match of the week in the women's division. We talked about this last week, a clash of Titans. We finally got Nia Jax versus Raquel Rodriguez. And this was a hoss fight. This was a boss fight. This was a meat match. Nia Jax picks up the big win as she continues her momentum. But I thought this was one of the better Raquel matches I've seen. It was just nice like to see power on power because with both of these women, so often they are working with women so much smaller than them. You don't really get to see their full like arsenal because if they unleash that arsenal, it gets a little dangerous. But when you get two of the like strapping women in that division, this was a fucking boss fight. So I just want to take this opportunity to tell everybody that's ever hated Nia Jax to fucking oh just stop it. Because here's the thing, folks. Nia Jax made that match so much better than it needed to be. And here's why. Raquel Rodriguez has been wonderful. She's been doing whatever she can. The crowd's not necessarily connected to her. But if you go back and you watch that match on mute, go and watch the crowd. The crowd wanted one fucking thing. To see Nia slammed. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> She did an incredible job. Incredible job. <coughs> Excuse me. You okay over there? <laughs> we <laughs> took too big of a bite of the meat as because we're in the meat match of the week. <laughs> Nestle, you got to chew your food over there, buddy. Chew your food. We got to cut up the meat a little smaller. <coughs> Excuse me. I should have got some water. I'm turning red. But anyway. Do you want me to talk? I'm good. <laughs> I'm going to die a little inside. <coughs> man. But anyway, she did a great job. And man, the crowd wanted. Raquel to win. They got behind Raquel. And I didn't ever see that happening with with Raquel at all. And I kept thinking to myself, there's so much that she's doing incorrectly that maybe she can never do it. This match made me go, Nia Jax can make anybody. Because Nia Jax is just going to be that incredible big force that nobody can overthrow, maybe except Rita Ripley. But that's how you make good baby faces, right? You try and you fail. You try and you fail. It's it's she's an easy recipe to put up against people that you want to become an amazing baby face. It's unbelievable. So stop shitting on her since she's returned. She's done nothing but good stuff. She's done nothing but good stuff. So just stop the fucking st- uh, the hate because she's doing good stuff. And she made a huge improvement with Raquel on Monday. So let's just a- applaud both women meet match of the week and just enjoy Nia Jax for what she is. The crowd hates her. Just let them hate her. and. Let's do this thing. Now that Nestle's off his soapbox, I am not going to tell you that you have to stop your hate for Nia Jax because A, that's what makes Nia Jax great, but B, you can hate her. It's okay. You know, Nestle, you know, he's, he just, he has, he has a thing. He has a thing for Nia. Oh, Nia. Uh, but no, this match, this match was great. 
it was great. We don't get these types of matches in the women's division. And this is the beauty of having Rhea as champion is now they're building up these other women who are powerhouses and <laughs> Jesus. Doc. There's stink on my shirt. He <laughs> keeps making me laugh. I'm going to die. Oh my God. All right. Over Other it. match on Raw that was good. I'll talk a little here so Nestle can catch his breath. But there was another one, another showcase. Becky Lynch defeated Zia Lee. Um, I didn't love that Zia's taking an L before a championship opportunity, but we knew Becky wasn't going to lose. Welcome to the big time, kid. This was the longest match by far I've ever seen Zia Lee wrestle. I think Becky did her damnedest to make her look good. I think Zia's much improved since I've seen her in the past, which I think is exciting because I think she's an interesting enough character. Um, and yeah, this was... This is the beauty of what Becky Lynch is doing right now is she is letting all these women just showcase alongside her and I'm enjoying it. So I appreciated this matchup. I thought, like you said, everything aforementioned by you made perfect sense. Becky did a great job dragging people through different things over the last couple of months. And she's been, you know, doing whatever she can to be a title without a title. Essentially, she's been doing great work there. We were both looking forward to seeing Zia get something here. Now we knew that Technically, a W wasn't going to come her way, but there was a crucial point in this matchup that I do want to talk about here, which I think really pissed me off, and there's no explanation for it, and there's no reason for it, and they tried to cover it up in commentary, but it didn't work. The whole point of this entire feud was the kick, right? So she fucking kicks her. She gets caught on the ropes. Now, because Becky is an oaf, she just is. She gets tied up in the fucking ropes. If she had just put herself outside, she would have saved Zia Lee from what I think is a catastrophic moment here where Zia Lee was forced, apparently, to think on her feet and push her out. And I went, you, you fucking lost me. Like, that was the crucial moment in that matchup that made it or break it, break it for me because now she's got to go back to the drawing board. Now she's got to go back down to the bottom. There's, there's nothing that she can do here because... That whole thing was they were building up the kick, building up the kick, building up the kick. All you could have done was kick, fallen out, go to commercial break. Or, you know, you could have kicked, fallen out, and maybe she wins by count out. Kick, whatever. You could have referee stoppage something. You didn't have to have a pin or submission as we had talked about last week. But the fact that she fucking put her hands on Becky and pushed her out, I went, that is somebody that is inexperienced. That is somebody that didn't know what to do in that moment. And it fucked her up big time, in my opinion. And that is a just a huge, huge mistake that I can't forgive. Yeah, it wasn't great. It. No, th- th- it there's, great. there's no, you're being nice. You're being it nice. It was atrocious. Great. It was atrocious. It wasn't great. So. Yeah, it was, wasn't great. But Becky's like drop still bad, Doc. Okay, is that what you want me to say? There you go. All right, Jesus. <laughs> The fucking banana peel leg drop is what it is. Whoopsie. That's all it is. Okay. There you go. All right. Oh, Lordy. Otherwise, great matchup. Anything else you want to talk about? I enjoyed uh, LA Knight uh, defeating Jimmy Uso on SmackDown um, and WrestleMania. Yeah. Cody Rhodes makes the save because the brand split is dead. And uh, apparently um, that Nick Aldis, uh, I don't, I mean, him and Adam Pierce had a little closed door meeting on Raw, but it's like, is Cody going to get punished for this? But it's also like, I love that Cody's still running after the bloodline, but he's kind of got his hands filled with Judgment Day. And then they're trying to sell us on Monday about how they need friends. It's like, well, you just bailed out LA Knight. Yeah, couldn't you get him? But it almost makes me think that we might get some chicanery at War Games. And maybe because LA Knight, I don't believe, is booked on the card. Maybe, yeah, maybe they're going to need a fill-in. Maybe if like Seth or Sammy or someone gets taken out. I mean, here's 
here's here's a little bonus hope for you, special for you folks in Chicago. Yeah, CM Punk take out Seth, and he's out of the match, and LA Knight has to step in. They're never going to do that, but but I don't know. I, I just like I'm kind of reading the tea leaves a little here, and there might be a little something, or maybe they do like Randy does a no show angle or something. I don't know, but I think it's mainly to just keep Cody sniffing around the bloodline, but. Um, I think LA Knight's continuing to just keep himself solidified, uh, bouncing uh, with the big win here. You're you're being too kind because Cody's involved here. It made no fucking goddamn sense to be even on SmackDown. You can do whatever you he want. He hates the bloodline. That's doesn't why. matter. Doesn't matter. He's on Raw. Deal with hey, it. Drew hates Jey Uso. Cody hates the rest of the bloodline. Has forgiven no, Jey Uso. No, no, He's no, no. He's going after Jey and face. So- your face is a permanently attached to Cody's ass. It doesn't matter. That guy. Shit no, how, no, no. How can how can you on this program if we're gonna give Jay Uso his flowers for recognizing storylines? Oh shit! I fucked over Randy Orton being upset. Cody is so mad at the bloodline, and instead of being a little bitch like Drew and turning heel, he's trying to do something about it. That's the comparison between the two. Because Drew even mentioned Cody. He's like, he's like, oh, you want us to just like forget about it? It's like, no, Cody hasn't forgot about it, but he's trying to do something about it without being an asshole like Drew. It's like the it's like the angel devil thing. Cody's the angel, Drew's the devil. They're handling it in two completely different ways, but they both got screwed by the same guys. Except one big factor. They're all on Raw. They're all on Raw, JC. It doesn't yeah. fucking matter. There was no but, reason for him. To, da, 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 da. The brand split is dead, damn it. No, 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 no. There were so many baby faces on SmackDown that could have fucking helped them, and nobody did. So they yeah. gave fucking old no Codelander. For no, no one gets the reason. pop that Cody does. Doesn't no matter. Atrocious. Like Cody does. Erroneous. Unnecessary is it's what not. it was. Their job is to sell tickets. And SmackDown... Without their, without Roman and Logan and these others, they get need to call in the fucking king to fucking sell some tickets. It's stupid. No, no sense. No fucking sense. They gotta call the king. No sense. No goddamn sense. I'm, yeah, I'm actually mad at you. You have no business sense and acumen. Clearly. Well, I don't own anything, right? So there it is. Uh, anyway, moving on. I would like to say we, since you love one of your favorite people, we'll go to another one of JC's personal favorites. I really enjoyed Gunther's promo with the Miz. All I kept thinking to myself was. Man, every time Gunther opens his mouth, I'm thinking, this fucking guy, he just gets it. He just fucking gets it. The fact that he hates entertainers, the fact that he hates sports entertainers is just like, man, this works. And then he goes into the bullying angle about how he got bullied in the locker room by his heroes. That was touch and go. And then he got bullied in high school for liking wrestling. And now I'm going to push you around now and blah, blah, blah. And then he fights back. I was just like, that's it. This is it. It makes perfect goddamn sense. And it it, it made you, and then then when the Miz fucking, you know, got the upper hand and cheated his way into it and fucking, you know, ro- you know, rose to the occasion at the end. I'm like, oh, you ain't fucking winning, but at least he got his fucking come up and it was wonderful. But the one thing here, if you listen close on commentary, especially with what Michael Cole said here, Gunther called Mike a weirdo, just like everybody else in the arena. And he said you know, you are a weirdo just like them. And then on commentary, Michael Cole said, do it for all of us weirdos. And I went, that's it, right? Mike Mizanin has not been a good babyface because he has no way to connect with the crowd. But if he starts embracing that he's a weirdo and calls his fans weirdos, this could fucking work even more. I was just sitting there going, there's there's layers to this that could work. If they're lined up properly, he could do a really good job with it. So if he calls his fans weirdos, I'm fucking in. Like, I am ready to go with this. I think it could work. Because, you know, you've had the fucking millions and millions. And you've had, you know, the 
the fucking creatures of the night with the undertaker and shit like that. But man, if he calls, you know, his, his friends weirdos, I think that's just a nice little touch. I really do. I really, really do. Two things here. My favorite part of this segment was when the Miz mentioned Bret Hart, the smirk on Gunther's face. That was my favorite part of the promo. But yeah, I will say like the language and the diction that Gunther put into this promo was effective in Miz because like you said, it did link the Miz to all of us like being like, oh, it's like it was that missing piece. Like we've seen it in AEW over the last several months with MJF. They found a way to link him to everyone because of him getting bullied in high school and all the things that he went through in depression. It's making these guys humans, these guys that have been seen, but nothing but assholes. But a lot of the times when you dig deep on assholes and bullies and people like that, it's insecurities or life experiences that is the reason why they lash out like this. And it is, it's that connective tissue that we've never really had with the Miz when they've tried this before. They just be like, Oh, you think the Miz is cool. Let's just do it. But yeah, no, this, this was, this was a good thing. Gunther is just continuing to fucking hit it and hit it and hit it. This guy, this guy's ready for the fucking rocket ship. He is ready to leave. He is ready. I just, I was just like to point out that uh, you can't see this because it's terrible quality, Joe. But uh, he sent us a picture of me as Becky Lynch doing the leg drop on Bianca Belair. I don't know if you can see this, but it's fucking terrible quality. Yeah. Billy would be rolling in his sleep if he saw this. He probably woke up right now and got very upset by the quality of this picture. You jerk. It could uh, also be that you have bad internet and it didn't download properly. Uh, well, you tell me. You tell me. Is it good quality on your phone? I'm not going to look because I'm recording a podcast. I'm a professional. I don't. And yet he's, he, yet he's, <laughs> <confusing>. <laughs> I, I don't have a second screen of the magic quote winning by 19 right now. Uh, you know, you're not a degenerate gambler checking your bets for Dana White's fights or trying to order on tcom slash jobber knocker in the middle of a fucking podcast that you owe. Hey, there it is. JC. I came. Look at that. I ordered last Tuesday. It was here. I believe it got here last night. I got it this morning. Uh, so yeah, look at that. Look at that. Exactly one week at the turnaround too. So uh, yeah. Anything else that you find that was really really good, or you want to get heady? Let's just get heady. All right, get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. I don't know exactly what we're doing here, but the fucking Street Profits win the number one contendership to the fucking Judgment Day titles, and nobody cares. But we also have after that we have a fucking tag team turmoil. Fucking yada yada yada. Fourteen. Tag That's team how it team. should be though, because like it's ridiculous. There's, well, there's like if you're gonna be the champions of both brands, both brands have hungry competitors. I think like let's go, let's get this moving. I mean, do the Street Profits make sense as a team that could beat Judgment Day? But I don't think it's happening yet because they're fucking <laughs> milking this Senor in the Bank bullshit forever. So. Yeah. It's tough because I was sitting there going like, why are we care about this tag division? There's no reason to fucking care about this tag division. It's fucking dead in the water. Fucking I don't think so. I care water. about it. But no, I, you know what I don't care about, WrestleMania? You know what is the drizzling shits? You know what I absolutely hated this week? You know which was one of the worst things I have ever experienced for two hours? Fucking the goddamn road dog on commentary. I fucking can't stand this guy. He sucks. His opinion sucks. His face sucks. Everything about this guy sucks. His political views. Everything about this dude sucks. Fucking moron. Get him off my TV, goddammit. I'm stealing your line. And we had to deal with this guy on commentary for SmackDown. We go from KO, who was fucking phenomenal, to this piece of shit. Awful. Terrible. This is fucking, might be heat of the year for me. Wow, that's saying something. That is dislike. That is abhorring, is what you do. That's rough. Considering how how gentle you are with people, I'm considering that this might be the heat of the year. Yeah, I would think so. All right. He sucks. That's fine. Um, 
Moving on to other things on SmackDown. It is what it is. Um, I don't understand. So there's this weird thing that fucking happened. It's a fucking brawl. I don't know if it happened on Monday or Friday. You, there's this part where fucking EO and Charlotte just stare at each other. Right? In the middle of the goddamn brawl. I think it was on Friday. They just stood and looked at each other for fucking time passing forever. And then they fucking like kind of miss each other and start brawling again. I'm just like, you, go, you two are supposed to be the fucking best. And there you are just fucking waiting for a fucking goddamn midnight train running right through you. It doesn't make any goddamn sense. And all I kept thinking was, this fucking women's war games match is going to be all over the goddamn place. It's going to start off the fucking show. We're going to forget about all of it. This is going to be a forgettable women's war games for sure. I am not even close to caring about this matchup. I don't care. Are you I, mad I don't that Becky Lynch from Raw is on the SmackDown War Games match? I would think so because once again, we don't have enough people on SmackDown to have a fucking War Games match, do we? I mean, we they don't. do have enough people. They just don't have enough like stars tier people. They yeah. don't have stars. They don't have stars. And yeah. that that it's just it's ridiculous. It's just like she's a fucking plug and play. I get it, but Jesus Christ, like what are we doing? Uh, poor poor bad uh, Cameron Grimes gets on TV for three minutes or less, and Waller wins. Whatever. Um. I don't really have anything else to say on that. Um, let's see what else we got on Smack. Sorry, on Raw. I got to ask you this question very quickly. Do you enjoy this whole back and forth with with uh, Imperium? Because I like just the, the you know the Vinci costing him the matchup and then fucking Ludwig. Like, does it help you? Because for me, I feel like. We like we talked about last week or maybe two weeks ago. It just felt like we were completely opposite a couple weeks ago, and now we're just doing it. Yeah, it's it's one of those things. Like we've kind of talked about this because they've been kind of teasing this thing for like a couple months, and I've said how I don't really love them splitting up Imperium, but like last week or the week before, whenever we talked about this, and I like kind of threw out Ludwig as a potential one to dethrone Gunther. It's like, well, this is kind of how you have to do it. You have to kind of build it because you kind of get a Ludwig, you got to give Ludwig the reason and motivation to want to go after the guy that's been like his like boss, his like guy, like the number one, like for him forever. And with, whether it's out of jealousy or just like whatever, it's just, I mean, they've kind of made a rivalry between Ludwig and Vinci, who I think have been one of the better in-ring tag teams since like their NXT days. Like we're going on four or five years now um, in terms of work, but it's one of those things like nothing is forever. And they've made a point to just highlight Ludwig as a single star continually. So I think this path makes sense. It's a slow burn, a very slow burn, but I mean, those are usually the best when WWE's operating at its best as he slow burns. So I'm uh, I'm waiting to see here. I love Ludwig. I'm a big fan. And um, they've kind of convinced me that I would love to see him to be the one to beat Guther. Okay. That's fine. I just, I feel like I'm tired of the whole fucking Vinci thing. Like Gargano that. got the big win. You wouldn't even mention his name. It was a good match. There's nothing wrong with the match. There's nothing. I'll not, you I'll just never... say Gargano. You won't say his name. Say his name. Johnny Gargano. Oh, there you go. I'm proud of you. You should have seen the contempt in your eyes when you said that. I think that's just the glare from my screen. Mm. Mm. Yeah, the glare, well, all right. Yeah, or is it your screen? Or is it my old rebel heart? I don't know. And anything else that you have in the heat, or should we get anything I have to have hopeful or whatever? You know. Yeah, we can get hopeful. Would you like to go first, or would you like me to go? <laughs> You are my only hope. We're going to war games. And as you know, Randy Orton is the fifth member of Team Cody. Uh, adrenaline in his soul and Nestlemania. 
just looking at this match, it's like, how the fuck does Cody and friends, the all-star team, not fucking dismantle the judgment day? Well, obviously, there's not going to be a lot of cohesion. We already have the tease of, you know, what's going to happen with Orton sees Jay. And, I mean, it's already like Sammy trusts Jay, but Seth doesn't really trust him. And, you know, Cody trusts him because Cody's a good dude. But then judgment day, you have the Drew McIntyre factor. who's going to be out there for his own. Him and Damian Priest are probably going to have some, like, little moments there. But I'm looking for a moment that I've been waiting for for a pretty long time, WrestleMania. Because what does Randy Orton do when he returns? Randy Orton doesn't just return WrestleMania. Randy Orton puts a fucking exclamation point on something. And in this case, my hope is that exclamation point is a fucking RKO on the Cody skull costing them the match. Because you know what will get me to WrestleMania? You know what will hold me over till I get Cody Roman 2? It's fucking Cody and Randy Orton. Adrenaline in my soul, adrenaline in my arm, adrenaline in my butt. It doesn't matter where you stick it. I'm all fired up, baby. Uh, Because that's my hope. It's pretty simple. I want Randy Orton to return. They do their baby face thing for a while like Randy always does. But this motherfucker always always turns. He always turns since the beginning of time. He's a fucking snake. He has plenty of motivation. I mean, Cody and him go way back. But I mean, Cody's the guy now. Also, he hates fucking Jey Uso and Cody's bringing him back. I mean, the fucking bloodline eviscerated him in uh, RK Bro there. So, you know what, Nestlemania? That fucking all lines up. It's an easy way to have the All-Stars lose. So, hashtag JC knows. Hashtag JC's hopes come true. Uh, yeah, I hear those little voices in my head telling me that Cody's going to eat a fat RKO on uh, Saturday? Sunday? Whenever this is. Saturday. 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 Collision's going to get fucking trounced is what's yeah, going to happen. Yeah, got fucking trounced this week. That Rampage Smackdown took a big old poo on it. Something else that I wanted to make sure that you you knew about was that uh, if you go back to the video of the last time Randy Orton was on uh, Smackdown losing the tag titles and all that stuff, Sami Zayn is part of that holding him down while they're fucking beating him. Jey Uso, Jey Uso is the yep. one beating him down, right? On and Randy don't that, like Seth either. So. Randy does not like Seth whatsoever. And Cody could just be somebody that he forgot that he hates. And now he just turns around. Like he could hate everybody and just RKO every I mean, single one of them. Yeah. hundred percent. And I would even go as far, like I said, a couple weeks ago that if he RKOs Seth and then fucking somehow in the middle of fucking war games, you know, Damian priest cashes in with all the baby faces down. Like that, that'd be a fucking banner way to end war games. I would say, but that's just me. Um, my hope. I have two hopes. I'm going to go do both of them because I think they're both they're, they're by themselves. Two for not, one special. Yeah. On tpublic.com slash knobber. No, I'm sorry. sorry. Knobber knocker. Knobber knocker. Slobber docker. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm super tired. Um, so first off, very quickly, the young bucks are taking a hiatus, yada, yada, yada. If I could see something I would say right now is that, well, no. Uh, if I could say going. something, the young bucks are going to take a hiatus. They lost their fucking tag titles. They had a fucking child tantrum after they lost. They keep fucking the Don Callis was out there on commentary for absolutely no goddamn reason during that matchup. The human thumb, as we call him in this program. But I kept thinking to myself, this is an easy fucking slam dunk for fucking the Golden Jets to become fucking tag team champions. Huge oh. wang in the house, by the way. And here, here you go. Ready? When the Young Bucks return, they cost, they cost those guys the tag titles and or this is the more important part they become part of the Don Callis family. Mm. That's what I would see. The Young Bucks as part of the Don Callis family to get people who hate Kenny and hate, you know, Jericho equally. I think that would be interesting. Also, another one, this is a big F you to a particular uh, observer of wrestling who's a fucking asshole. 
He said very, he said he said this exact thing, and I think I think it was a quote saying they saw Jade wrestle, and now they're having second thoughts or something like that. So my other hope here is fuck Dave Meltzer. This is what's going to happen. She debuts at the fucking Royal Rumble and fucking wins the thing. Suck it, Dave Meltzer. The Rumble is the perfect place to have her debut because she and can fucking throw out win it. fucking 20 women, set the record. Look, Dom, even if she doesn't win. I know, but I want her to win. Break every record. Just to fucking fuck with them. Just be like, fuck you. Just fuck you, Dave. You have no fucking clue whatsoever. He's like, in my you opinion, want- they saw her wrestle. Jade like, Rhea you. at Mania or Jade Charlotte at Mania? Jade Charlotte. That's it. By yeah. far. Jade Charlotte's Charlotte. beating Neo. I when you yeah. when you were talking about your pose down, I'm like, they're fucking doing this on purpose for the future video package. Yeah. When the know. shoveler just... comes in and shovels Ia back down to her spot. I don't know. I just I just can't help myself. I really can't help myself with that shit. So there's my two for one special. There you go. Double hope. Speaking of a two-for-one special, don't call it a comeback. <laughs> We're going there because I'm giving mine to a women's tag team. Oh, thank you, Maxine and Ivy Nile. Over like fucking Rover, man. It's just the crowd loves Alpha Academy, and they love Maxine. Absolute stud. Uh, this tag match was a match. Uh, it was nice <laughs> to see all the women uh, getting getting an opportunity here. I like the backstage segment with all of them getting involved and Chelsea just making faces the whole time. It's nice that we have number one contenders. Shout out Tegan Knox and Natalia. Um, because you know that hasn't been obvious for about three months when they've been setting this up. But my comeback's going to Maxine Ivy Nile. We kind of like looked at each other like that uh, when uh, when we talked about it. What is it? Whenever the, she was there with the Creeds, and we're like, that could be a tag team that worked. Uh, it's kind of like the little pop and circumstance they got going on there. Um, but yeah, no, this the match was what it was. But uh, it was really cool that the crowd still fucking all over Maxine. I think is good for Ivy Nile because I think the more people watch her, the more they'll like her too. So. It's nice that the women's tag team division might finally, like, you got to start somewhere in WrestleMania. And this at least we can call. They've had a lot of start and stops, but this is, I guess, another start. So that's positive. All I kept thinking of, man, did Chelsea Green just fucking maximize her minutes again? Because she made, what? She just, she just made, she, made this, she, makes. she makes the phase. Like, when I was watching that backstage, when I was watching that backstage promo, I did not think I was watching Monday Night Raw. I thought I was watching the Muppet show. Like, it was just like fucking everybody's fucking there running around like fucking crazy people and overacting and eating the scenery. And Chelsea's leading the way with her fucking Kermit the Frog green. And all I could just say was, man, it was fucking wonderful. And then watching her talk about the adult gymnastics line, I started dying. I was like, this chick cannot miss. She is so fucking good. She is so more deserving of something else than what she is doing right now. She is doing so much better. So much better than anybody would ever guess in her life. She's the fucking star. A fucking star. And I love it. Um, But yeah, anyway, my comeback this week goes to Santos Escobar. I thought this fucking guy went out there and delivered the best promo of his life. Beyond. And said, I want, you know, like he went too far saying, I hope they have to amputate your leg. And fucking just went after it. And then like, coward and then the fucking the you know the lwo breaking up and not deciding people are saying maybe fucking uh shimmy shimmy and his cousin will be the new lwo with him but i don't know if that's a thing by the way pick up your shimmy shimmy yeah yeah sure to tpublic.com slash jobber knocker stimmy stimmy yeah stimmy stimmy no there's a shimmy shimmy and a stimmy stimmy actually oh there's both oh, there's yeah, two yeah. there's a, i made both yeah stip because there was a <laughs> stimulus package during covid when we did it it's fine uh, but no, I, look, I'm excited for Santos. I thought he did a fucking incredible job swearing in Spanish as well. Don't meet your heroes. Hope your leg gets cut off. Like just, just going for the jugular of it all. And I think that's the difference between a good promo and a great promo is just going for that guttural feeling and that uncomfortableness. And that's wonderful. So, you know, 
By the way, I could last in a longer uh, ankle lock than any mo- one of you chumps, so I don't think that fucking matters. I would, I can be there asking how long I would be in in a uh, in an ankle lock. I could, I could outlast all of you. I'm in better. I am, I am in better, better physical condition than all of you. All of you. You're doing. So it's all about your ankle shape. And I will say this: JC's ankles are fucking shot to bits. So someone puts me in a like a legit ankle thing, I'm tapping immediately because those you popped so you good. popped your ankle off of a golf bet. I you Dude, I, I, I have the amount of times I fucked up my ankle since fucking college are insane because I did so much damage to it back then that it's just like now it's just like it's like it's like fucking rubber. So you, I I walked the wrong way, and those things are just fucking. <laughs> Killing oh, over so the, the gumby of the ankles over here. By the way, I'm yeah. wearing a bandana because I'm wearing you have a receding very, hairline. No, I do not have a receding hairline. I'm wearing a very special polo. If you can look very closely, it's Macho Man Randy Savage. So I was wearing the fucking bandana to have a little madness in my you know body tonight. But never mind. You think I got a receding hairline? It's fine. Uh, yeah. What I what he, I do? Macho Man pulled it off a lot better than you do. Macho Man did have a receding hairline, though, so maybe there's a Yeah, but he, he also pulled that off better than you, too. Listen, I don't have a receding hairline, so it's it's not a big deal. I just think I look fantastic no matter what part of the day or season, but that's beside the point. We should go to the big old finish, though, if you're uh, ready to go. Uh, big old finish. SmackDown, I have no fucking clue. It's a go-home. There's nothing on Raw next week. We have a tag team turmoil, like we mentioned, with all the teams. Don't and we have your, your possible meat match of the week. Yeah, I'm getting there. Jesus. That's number two in the notes. Bronson Reed versus Ivar possible. I can tell you right now, WrestleMania, uh, this is probably going to be the beat match of the week. Uh, I probably. So. Spoiler alert. <laughs> this is like a double whopper. I mean, this is this yeah. is good stuff. Oh, now you got the fucking shitty whopper. Whopper, double whoops. I'm stuck in my head. God. I am an earworm. That's what I am. Yeah, you are a worm. Stoops I'll give singing you that. CM Punk's uh, praises, Stoop. He ain't fucking coming. Stop it. <laughs> I mean, I, I, we all want it. Give us what we want. He's not fucking. coming. He's and not the, the, coming. Like, the more they fucking deny it in these reports from your fucking hero, uh, Meltzer come out, I'm just like, the more likely this motherfucker is going to do something. I don't know how it fits. Uh, if there's but, no way it fits. No fucking way. I still, I would love if he just came out in the rumble. Somebody was it. like, oh, he's going to face Nakamura. I was like, yeah, that'll put butts in the seats. Who gives yeah, a fuck? Yeah, that's weak. It, it's he has to. It has to start with Seth. By the like way, when the, when the doc says uh, I adjust those ankles tomorrow, that's a little weird. Just saying. He's my chiropractor. Well, not everybody knows that. I mean, we don't know what type of relationship he's, he's literally. Got. His name is you call him Backcracker. Well, on this one, it's TLDR comic book. So you yes, know. but it is hosted by the Backcracker, and you reference him as Backcracker. I'm seeing him at 8:30 a.m. Doc, buckle up, baby, because I'm ready for a good crackalacking before my Thanksgiving feast on Thursday. But WrestleMania, um, AEW doesn't have a lot announced yet. They're coming out the pay per view, but we will see the reveal of the 12 competitors for the Continental Classic. So they came out with the idea that not only does the winner get some fucking schmozzy fucking Continental Classic fucking championship or title or trophy or God no, I don't fucking achievement award, whatever the fuck they do. And then on top of that, the NWA and NW NJPW strong title and the fucking Ring of Honor championship will also be defended along this entire tournament. And all I kept thinking was this screams Daniel Bryan wins the whole fucking thing. Who's in it so far? We know Eddie's in it. Who else is in it? Brian Danielson. He's going to win the whole fucking thing. Because they're well, not going to let him do the G one, so this is their version of the G one, and but they're gonna they're gonna doesn't matter who's in it. Brian Danielson is winning this entire oh, thing. I know who's not. I'm putting my money to not win it because hashtag Nestle Curse. All I'm saying right now, folks, is just that's it. It's 
Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, the end. There's no reason to watch this fight unless you like just random fucking great wrestling matches with no Which interference. Is the majority of the AEW audience, right? No interference, by the way. That's a big deal, apparently. So yeah, there's uh, whatever. Don't get me started. But WrestleMania, should we get to the main event, the War Games? Mm. Sure, let's do it. Five matches. Um, your sixth is free. We have a singles match between. The man who eats apples and spits in the face of people like Nestle, who aren't cool, Carlito, taking on Santos Escobar. I mean, this is all about Santos. Carlito's already got a couple wins, but this uh, this is going to be, this is Santos W written all over it. I would say if Santos loses, I would be absolutely shocked. It has to be Santos because like you said, the aforementioned things, but I will also say this much. I feel like Carlito is kind of bulletproof at this point, so... Or just in general. In I mean, with those abs, you try to, he's like fucking Luke Cage out there. Bolts are going to bounce off him. All right. Next up, singles match for the Women's World Championship. Rhea Ripley defends against, who cares? Ripley retains. <laughs> sorry, cut three. She's got no fucking shot. She's awesome. I'm sorry. We haven't even mentioned her name on this show. She we were sucks. nice. We didn't put her in the heat this week because I don't sucks. even remember what she did. She sucks. This will probably be a really good match. I expect a good wrestling match, but I also expect Mommy to retain. Next up, we have a singles match for the Intercontinental Championship. The Miz takes on the champion, Gunther. I feel like this isn't time. The Miz is a worthy adversary. I'm excited for the storytelling in this match, but give me Gunther to retain. Gunther is going to... I'm just going to be curious to see how Miz takes the chop. Because I feel like he's going to be kind of a wuss and try to hide it. Which, honestly, he would he would benefit he more from he's just take take it. taking he's it. Just take fucking it. take it. If he doesn't take it, he's going to he's gonna wish he did because he's going to fuck He took up all his- the shit, all those kicks from Daniel Bryan in their matches, which were like real kicks. Like, Miz doesn't like to do it, but when he has to, that man steps up and fucking takes it. All right. All right. Just one next up, we have two war games matches. I'm assuming the men's is gonna main event, so we will do the women's next, which will probably kick off the show uh to split them up. But we have the woman who's on her own usually, but not tonight. Bianca Belair teaming with the Queen Charlotte Flair, Shotzi who comes out on a tank, and the man Becky Lynch as they take on the new look damage control, Bailey, Asuka, Io Sky, and Kyrie Sane. WrestleMania gonna be a lot of uh chicanery, a lot of nonsense. I feel like damage control should win, considering they have two new members, but it just it's hard for me to see Bianca. Charlotte and Becky taking L's, but then again, Shotzi is in this match to take the L. But I will take the... Uh, I don't know. You go first. My logic here... My my logic is very simple here, folks. Damage Control is going to lose this matchup because of Bailey. It's plain and simple. Mm. There you go. That's pretty good. That that makes my pick easier of picking Bianca, Charlotte, and Becky who don't lose. So yeah, give me the baby faces as well. We go to the men's war game match, which uh, Team Cody, uh, Cody Rhodes, Seth freaking Rollins, Jey Uso, Sami Zayn, and the Viper returning, Randy Orton, taking on the Judgment Day, Damian Priest, Finn Balor, Dirty Dominic Mysterio, and JD McDonough, alongside their new compadre, Drew McIntyre. This is also a weird one because I look at the babyface side, I'm like, well, Cody doesn't lose. Randy's returning. Sami can lose. Jay and Seth don't lose very often. Uh, and then the Judgment Day, it's like, they do nothing but lose, but Drew McIntyre has a lot of momentum. There's going to be dysfunction on both sides, but uh, you know what? If I really want this Randy Orton he, uh, turn to happen, it means Judgment Day has to win. So WrestleMania by hook or by crook, give me the Judgment Day and Drew McIntyre. I think you're making it way harder than it needs to be. The That's fact that said. 
yeah, the way the, the Judgment Day is winning because the next fucking pay per view and not next pay per view, the next show is Monday Night Raw. They run Monday Night Raw. They need to be the fucking winners. Like they're gonna show up the first thing on Monday Night Raw and be like, "We fucking won." They're gonna have a fucking big celebration and the whole deal. That's it. And Randy Orton can turn on fifty billion guys. It don't fucking matter. <laughs> they could also they could also have Randy Orton turn on Monday. They could have yeah. Damian Priest cast in Saturday or Monday. Right. They have a lot of options here. I'm excited for it. Um, look at War Games matches. They're slow starting. We've talked about this. We've been open about this. But once they get going, they fucking are awesome. So last year, I believe, was one of the better matches of the year. So we'll uh, we'll see what Saturday has uh, entail for us. The one thing I will say is I'm not necessarily thinking there's a lot of high flying happening with the men's match here. Which is I'm I'm a, I'm a little upset with because of the ricochets of the world were kind of what I love watching in these. Cars. You don't believe in the flying Uso? I just don't believe he's ex- as exciting as a ricochet or like an EO Sky or so. You know what I mean? Like how I, many kabooms of the week is JD gonna take in this match? <laughs> and the Funko Pop's gonna pop his head off. It's gonna be nuts. So it is what it is. Anything Will Cody else? jump off the top of the cage? Absolutely. Moon salt yeah. from like it's just every feet. time, and I'm gonna cringe. And it's just like, but it's Cody. It's like they're gonna be like, Cody, you shouldn't do this. And he's gonna be like, I have to. Bigger question. Yes. Does he wear face paint? He is in the poster. If they I would love if Team Cody, well, it's just it's weird because it's orange return, but or they all not wear, fucking, no, no. That's what I mean. It's like Randy's not gonna play dress up, so. Neither is fucking Seth Rollins. Is Drew going to dress like the Judgment Day? I think he's already wearing black. If you noticed on yeah. Monday, by the way. Well, he put in a little bit of purple. Well, no. Well, but Priest was not wearing purple and black, if you will. So it might be foreshadowing here. We'll see. Maybe they're sick of his shit. It's like I'm sick of your shit. You're not sick of my shit. I'm sick of your meat matches of the week. I you not. You love meat. Anything else that we should get out of here? I don't know, unless we have a few more lies you want to toss out before we sign off. No, I'm fine. I'm all out of hair thin logic. Much like my hair. All right. Line, right? All right. Much like the gobbledygooker, you're a one, one day stand person. That's all we care about you for. There okay. we go. Yep. There we go. All right. Well, thank you for listening and watching the Jobber Knocker. We'll be back next week with some more Jobber Knocker.